and we're live with Be Green with Amy. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Be Green with Amy. I'm Amy. Back in 2012, my husband Rick and I adopted a plant-strong lifestyle, and we feel so great. We're prescription-free and healthy, and we together have lost over 130 pounds and kept it off. We want you to join us so that we can bring you and people like us together to learn more about this lifestyle because we want everyone to be strong, be well, and be green. Since adopting a whole food, plant-based lifestyle, Jim Veerstetcher became interested in growing sprouts. He formed the Facebook group, Sprouting, the beginner's guide to growing sprouts. Be Green with Amy welcomes Jim Veerstetcher. Welcome, Jim. <laughs> He's Thanks, here. Amy. And everybody <laughs> in the audience is cheering. We have a lot of your fans that are joining in. I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Yeah, you have been sprouting for a while. When I learned about you, I learned about you actually from your Facebook group because I was kind of struggling with sprouting too. And I wanted to learn more about it. And when I saw that you had so many members in your group and it was such a friendly group, people weren't really too critical of each other. They were just uplifting and you were in there also with your ideas and thoughts and advice. Having this plant-based lifestyle, it's important for our gut microbiome now that they've discovered that, that it, we really have diversity, variety in our, these microgreens, sprouts, these are a part of that variety that we should include. And so often you might find them in the grocery store, but they're usually expensive and maybe not even fresh and maybe kind of full of chemicals and so forth. But to begin with, I wanted to ask you, because it seems to be these two terms that maybe they're interchangeable. You've got sprouting and you got microgreens. Does it mean the same thing? What can you tell us about that? Well, thanks, Amy. That's a good, that's a great question to start with. In a lot of, in a lot of groups, you can really get in trouble if you say the wrong word. And, and in our group, it's fine, whatever you want to call it. But simply put, a sprout is grown in a method that doesn't necessarily hold on to the roots. So the, the whole, the whole thing grows together and a microgreen has some sort of media in the bottom for the roots, the roots to hold on to, and then they grow straight up. And to harvest them, you can cut them off the roots. And sometimes you can pull them out and eat them, but that way they grow up and you get a green looking plant versus curled up, uh, mixed up type things. So that's it. Microgreen is anchored. A sprout is not necessarily anchored. That's the way I look at it. And that's probably why the terms are kind of interchangeable because they're they're kind of almost the same. Now, we're learning a lot about sprouts. A lot of people are really interested in broccoli sprouts because they're supposed to be the superfood. And I think that that has increased people's interest in this. But when people try to sprout sometimes, they run into some problems. Either something doesn't grow or it smells kind of funny, <laughs> doesn't turn green, and, and there's just all these steps. What would be something that you would advise for somebody that was just first starting out to sprout? Don't start with broccoli. Um, <laughs> that, I say that emphatically. You get to if you want, but the learning curve is, is really sharp with that. Start with what I call the bulletproof stuff. This is a bag of lentils you get at the store for maybe a dollar, a dollar fifty for a pound. You don't even have to buy organic if you don't want to. This is, if it's a pound, that's about two and a half cups of seed. A half a cup of, of, the, of these lentils will grow a half gallon of sprouts. 
that's a lot of sprouts. And I grow them that way. If you're going to grow it in a, a quart, if you got a quart jar around the house, then use a quarter cup, and that'll fill this jar up with sprouts. And they almost never go bad. So that's the first thing. Either either do the lentils, or I also recommend uh, mung beans. And if you know what mung beans are, mung bean sprouts are real common. Um, I, I I have them a little greener, but either one, they almost never fail, and they all use the same basic sprouting method. In fact, all sprouts, I tell everybody, just practice this one basic thing till you get the basic process down. And then you can you can make changes as you go with other sprouts that may be harder to do. Now we'll also add that the, the, the now zesty sprouting mix, which is available all over the internet, and I'm not a plug for them. I don't make money from them. I've been using these for 15 years. Uh, it's a mixture of fenugreek, um, clover, and I'm nervous I'm on TV anyway fenugreek and radish radish seeds that's a really nice mix they're really really small seeds and what's nice about them is once again they're bulletproof I don't think I've ever had a batch go bad so start with those these are about six or seven dollars a pound um, and and so they're easy to get they're not expensive and start there that's that's my advice and, and the basic process there are so many ways to sprout I tell I tell new folks to our group Look out the window and look at all the plants that are out there growing in your front yard, your backyard, your neighbor's yard, between the cracks in the driveway, in in the in your gutters up on the roof, you know, and, and imagine every one of them sprouted at some time. So it's not real critical how they sprout. They are going to sprout. Seeds were made to sprout. So the process is not very unforgiving. It's a very, very forgiving process for sprouting. And so just keep that in mind when you get started. And then learn this basic thing we'll talk about. I think I think I gave you a two-page sort of rundown on, on quick and simple sprouting process. And if you start with that, I think it's attached. Hopefully, you can download it. That should carry you through. I think that'll get you going really good. Well, we have provided links to a lot of the things that you have done. And that is one of the links that we've provided. And if you guys check your show notes in the bottom of the video, it will show you all the different links that you can click on. And one thing that I was so excited to have Jim on the show, because he is all about not just being healthy, but trying to do it in an easy way. And also in a very inexpensive and sometimes even free way. So it sh there should not be any barrier for any of you that want to try this because for the pennies for the seeds and, and Jim, I got a little spoiler alert. He's going to be showing us some basically free sprouting methods. So if you've just got a few pennies for seeds and a little patience, you know, that's all you're going to need to be successful. And that's what I liked about uh, Jim's methods because there are some really fancy sprouting things that you can buy on the internet, but Jim is going to be telling us that you can do that, but it's not necessary to do it. So I'm glad that he kind of hinted at that as well. And that's good advice, Jim, as far as, because we, we were all about that, that broccolis, you know, because they, they're very healthy. They're, a, a broccoli sprout is much healthier as far as the nutrients that it provides than its adult counterpart. So a lot of people are really getting excited about it. And since that's not a beginner seed to use, it could surely discourage people and then make them just totally give up on the process when actually, if they just would have started out with something beginner, like what you're recommending, 
then they could learn about it some more. Uh, yeah, let me just inter interject there too. I tell people start with the lentils or, or start with uh, the mung beans. And and if you decide, you know, it's too much work, I don't want to do it. It takes five minutes to get a half gallon jar, but it, some people that's too much work. Then go ahead and make up a pot of soup or a pot of beans out of the rest of them. And, and, and you can withdraw with grace. You, you don't have this $100 sprouting thing and the $200 uh, assortment of sprouting seeds. Now, what am I going to do with that? So start simple. Once you get half a dozen batches done, then you can start expanding because each sprout has a little bit different method to it. And regardless of what somebody says, you got to do it this way or it just isn't going to work. The fact is it's going to have to be done your way or it won't work, depending on where you're living, what your house is like, the light, the humidity, the temperature, your ability to follow through on things. And, and you can then learn how it works for you one at a time. I really do, I strongly do recommend that. And I'm glad you caught They're that. extremely healthy and it can be very easy to do. So let's say we were a total beginner and we're starting out with the mung bean or the lentil as you recommend for a beginner. What, what would be a good way to start? Well, simple way to start is I give you the quart jar. And you, you may have, you may be throwing them away. A lot of people throw these away. I'd much rather use this in plastic, but, but that's my own preference. But you can use, you can use plastic containers and you can use these kind of jars and, and they don't cost anything. You can go online and for about a dollar and a half, you can get a stainless lid, stainless steel mesh lid that'll screw on the wide mouth jars. Or you don't have to. You can take some um, cheesecloth or, um, some members of our group went went to the dollar store and they got this uh, plastic web that they use for stitching, for sewing, um, anyway, for, for sewing. And they cut those into pieces and put them in there. I've used fiberglass screen material that I bought at Home Depot, you know, buy a foot of it. And that's enough for about 10 years worth of sprouting and cut it to fit in the in the opening of the, the basic, the ball jar lids that have, you know, like that and just set it over there and screw that on. And if you don't have this, just put the screen over it, put a rubber band around it. You don't have a rubber band, tie a piece of string around it and you're done. So that's, that's all you need to get started as a jar. Well, there's no excuse guys because <laughs> everybody's got a jar and most people have a rubber band. <laughs> and, and, and a pound of lentils. You're into this now for a dollar 50. So you can withdraw with grace or you can succeed with honor. <laughs> I like that. Withdraw with grace or succeed with honor. And there's a lot, a lot of things that that could be applicable into life, but that's a good, good thing to bring up today. So now what size jar was that that you were showing? Okay. This is a, a one quart ball jar. Um, and if, if you're going to do it, you can get them online and pay that shipping or go down to Walmart. I hate to pit, but anyway, they have the cheapest ones you buy. A, I think it's a dozen of them for maybe 10, 12 bucks. And they'll come with these lids with the solid inserts. So, and that's good because, like I said, and now you're into this for $12, but if, if you just have a jar, you can start with that. Quart jar, I, I now do half-gallon jars, and I'll show you some of those in a little bit But because I eat a lot of sprouts. and I, From the time I put this on to soak, I soak it overnight, and in, in four days, this will be full to the top with, with um, mung bean sprouts and, and or um, lentil sprouts, and that's a lot of sprouts. But I'll eat that much in a day, so that's why I do half gallons now. So if you were to use that size jar, let's say, and then how much? If you were scooping out the mung beans, what would you? How much would you put in there? I use About a quarter cup of mung beans a to a quart cup. jar, half a cup to a half gallon. Uh huh. Wow, uh, that's amazing. 
Oh, yeah. Peter. Just don't. Peter wants to know how much water to add to the jar. Hi, Peter. Hi, Peter. Good question. Glad you asked. I could pour some of these in here. A, a quarter cup is going to be like right about here. And I would put it maybe three times higher. You know, I'd put at least a cup of water in there so that they can keep soaking up water. And and and, and again, a lot of places I've, I've seen, and, and there are some really great people who have the science of all these down. And if you want to really follow directions, but to start with, just be generalist. That's my th theory. As I usually do this after dinner, I'll put them in, I'll put some water on them. And okay, so I measured out a quarter cup, I poured in a cup of water, and then I set it back behind back behind my Berkey water filter for the night. And then the next morning I get up, I put the screen over it and I pour the water out. I turn the jar and set it down. That, there's my 15 seconds of work for the day. And that's how it goes. That's sprouting right there. So just not an exact science. If you put a little bit more water in there, that's not going to hurt anything, just as long as it's enough to cover them and give them that moisture. And then that's what's really important about it. That's right. Look outside in the spring and look at everything sprouting with or without water, with a lot, with a little. It's all sprouting. Good general rule that's of thumb. Good. That's for sprouts. You bet. So now you just do that once a day with the water, no. rinsing it? What, once, once I have these going, and, and uh, I'll put the put the screen lid on it and the other reason you put a screen lid on i don't want bugs to get in there and uh, but also then i don't pour the seeds out when i when i i fill it so so i soak it overnight the next morning i pour that out and then i rinse it out really well i rinse because there'll be some tannins from the seeds uh coloring in the water and i rinse that out and i just go down like that a couple or three times to get all the excess water a lot of people like to get salad spinners for late man don't do that but anyway, then, then it's on its side and I just turn it. Let me show you what. This is some zesty sprouting mix. It's, it's three days old. This was a quarter cup, which went up to about there. <laughs> and this is three days. In two days, it'll be filled to the top. But after, after, you, after you, you rinse the water, you turn it like that to get as many sticking on the side and then just set it on the counter. And I, you know, I'm in the kitchen a lot during the day. So if I go by, I might pick it up and turn it a little. So if there is excess water left over, it gets it doesn't sit in one spot all day. And you can see these now. They're, they're, this is day three. See, they're already I could eat them, but I like to. I, I'm a kind of a pig. I like to get real big. So that hopefully that answers that. So you rinse at least twice a day. Uh, if you have a really hot climate, you're going to want to do it three times a day. And and sometimes and like or um, chickpeas, garbanzo beans. I will actually put them in the refrigerator at night because <laughs> they'll go bad really easily. And they have for me because they got so much surface area and a big skin around that to hold hold the air or the water in without air. So I put them in the fridge at night and that, that helps if you've got a really, really hot climate. That's a good tip because I think that that may be is a stumbling block for some people in the warmer climates at least. So it's just like you go to bed at night and you put them to bed at night too and then... <laughs> You're not going to forget about them because you wake up in the morning and you open up the refrigerator. So, <laughs> Well, exactly. And, and I've left them in for a day or so. And it's fine because in the spring, things sprout. And if you live in a cold climate, you know, there'll be stuff coming up and it gets cold that night. And the next morning, they're still alive. So they'll grow in the refrigerator, which is weird because like, hey, I ate a bunch of sprouts, but the jar is still full. <laughs> it keeps on giving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you're talking about this, too, because... 
there are some people that's because you are have adopted the plant-based lifestyle as well as I have. And there's some people that'll say it's so expensive, especially if you want greens. <laughs> and, and people know the beans are inexpensive, but they don't think about that they can produce the greens, right? Exactly. I mean, and you can buy you know hard red wheat for 49 cents a pound for organic at, at most large grocery stores. And if you like wheatgrass juice. And I always, people always, they want to go get a big, big, big flat of that, by the way. And if you're going to start doing wheat, it's cheap and easy, but you don't need a lot. I mean, like very, like a thimble full in a glass of juice is about all my throat can take. And if you've never done it, make sure you start small. So throw that in there while we're at it. Yeah, we should talk about that in a little while as far as the wheatgrass, because I think there are people that are interested to know about wheatgrass, too, because that was and still is considered to be a superfood and boy when you try to purchase that wheatgrass wheatgrass (laughs) shots or whatever you're like you're charging me how much for this little oh my goodness it has to be a better way and you and you have found it so i'm really glad you're sharing this and you also have shared that you have traveled quite a bit on a boat and so forth this isn't something that you need a fancy setup to do or a big house and do it in a confined place and right yeah i've done it on small 22 foot sail boats in the Sea of Cortez in Mexico for four or five, six months at a time. When in those days down there, you couldn't find fresh greens, even when you went into the little towns, but they all had bags of lentils for about a buck. So we would go out to the islands for a month and I'd just grow up a bunch of sprouts and and that just augmented everything and made it great. So yes, absolutely. If you're backpacking, I I use the nylon, um, they're sort of a net bag that I use for when I make um, my soy milk or my uh, soy yogurt from scratch. But I use those for growing sprouts and I can hang them from a backpack or hang them from my my steering wheel on my bicycle when we're traveling that way. And then also I I can use jars on my sailboat and just lay them in the sink wrapped in a towel so they don't bang around when the boat's moving. Um, And traveling by car, I just went to the West Coast and back and in, in my pickup, but but it's the same sort of thing. I just took jars and, and had them rolled up in the back seat. So I, I got fresh sprouts all the time. It takes three to five days from the time you start making them to the time you harvest them and a minute or two of work a day. So you can do it in any environment because they're fine with it. This is so such a wonderful tip. So often I'll hear people who are, have adopted this lifestyle say, I'm going camping or I'm hiking or I'm, I'm going on an airplane. And I, especially if they're traveling internationally and I'm restricted about as far as what I can bring with me on the airplane, you know, as far as produce and things like that. So here you just gave, these are just wonderful pearls of wisdom that you just shared with us because almost wherever you go, you can sprout things and you don't need that many materials and it's not going to be too cumbersome and you can just do it. And some of the things you can wait until you get to your destination to purchase. That's really awesome. So can I add a, I'm going to add a caveat to that. Uh, uh, One of our members, very active, lives in Mexico um, and she was flying back (laughs) and they said, you can't take these seeds across the border. They wouldn't let her fly in with the with her seeds. So check that before you fly, just as a, as a heads up, it may or may not work. But you might be able to bring beans, but not seeds. Right? Exactly. Because, Black yeah. eyed peas, my favorite all time sprout, but they're hard to grow because they like to mess up too, but I like them. Very much. <laughs> well, surely if we can all be accidental gardeners with the weeds that we find in our along the ways, then we can surely figure this out because nature is a powerful force. And if we just get out of the way, it'll, 
definitely do it. I'm glad you said that, that term accidental gardeners. If, if you go to our Facebook group or, or uh, for accidental gardening, I, I, um, I don't know, five or six years ago, I got that. Why am I throwing out all these when I rinse them out at the end and I have, I have extra seeds that didn't sprout in halls and maybe a few sprouts? I took to throwing them in the raised bed garden in the backyard and I got pictures of this. It's 15 by six feet, just overgrown with, with all kinds of cruciferous vegetables, all, you know, all kinds of greens and just everywhere and thick because I'm all year long, I'm throwing out what normally you throw out. I throw in there and a lot of that stuff, it's sprouting and it grows. So yeah. So the accidental garden is, is the second life for your sprouts. So just want to throw that in there. That's a good phrase to remember. And I think about some gardeners, especially beginners where, you know, they get their little seedlings set up and they're, you know, watering them every day and watching them starting to sprout. And, and maybe sometimes they're failing and, they, and they're just minding them, hurrying them along in their mind and hoping that they don't fail and maybe even planting them. And then they might fail after that. And here you just kind of did a Jack of the Beanstalk thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 You just got all these, which is, that's fantastic. So you got the picture. And a lot of other members are doing that now. And one member on our on our Zoom meeting, she showed a picture. She said, and it was a picture. This is outside my back door, and you can see the steps. And she said, oh, it was too cold out, so I just threw it on the bare earth right by the back steps. And up, there's all these cruciferous vegetables that, that are, 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 you know, like this tall. I, said, I didn't think it was going to work. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good thing to know about. And even if you, if you don't have a backyard, if you just had a, a small pot or something, and you could just mm -hmm. kind of throw things in there and see what happens, too, because nature just wants to do its thing. So if you have a neighbor so, with a vegetable garden, you can throw them in there when they're not looking and they're going to go, how come the broccoli is growing? We're not coming. <laughs> this is a side note. Fun. Look at all these volunteers. <laughs> 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 I wanted to kind of, if you can help guide me, because I wanted to start off for beginners. So where are we now in the beginner section of our broadcasts? We were talking about that the best thing to oh. do is to, pick like a mung bean and so forth so what should we say next okay. so we get a jar you yeah. put it and however you, however you want to cover it it's fine we got that much figured out then you measure out start with lentils mung beans if you got them mung they grow they both grow very quickly day two you can start eating them when they see little nubs on them and and uh, anyway so so you're going to fill it you're going to soak it overnight when you get up in the morning when you see it empty it don't you don't have to watch the clock and then roll it and leave it a bit, leave it alone and and twice a day add some water but swirl it rinse it you don't have to let it sit after that first soaking and keep going okay so then so then starting the second day if you're just getting started take a couple out and put them in your mouth and try them and just okay that's what that tastes like because most people have never seen them growing and a lot of time i mean every day a new person comes in and goes are these all right? They look kind of funny. And, uh, and so I was like, yeah, no, just try them. Try them on day two, try them on day three, try them on day four. And then, and, and at some point you start to understand this is, this is how far I want them to grow before I eat them. Cause everybody has a different concept of what's going to be good. So generally with mung beans, you're going to, on the third day of, spr of sprouting. So you, you soaked it and then you go three days and they're going to be ready to harvest and they're going to be delicious. They'll be wonderful and put them on everything. Um, and the same with uh, lentils, 
Uh, um, the zesty sprouting mix may take a day longer. Uh, what I, what, I'm bad. You know, I like, well, when the jar is so full, it's going to get hard to get them out. That's when I take them out. Um, <laughs> so there. So that's that's the whole process right there. Except that way I do it. And, and what I, I put this in my book, which is really kind of, it's just kind of, I'm beating people to death with the simplicity of it. But as soon as I harvest that, I, I wash that jar out really well. I put some more in and put them on the soap. Boom. And that's where that's where and, um, where a lot of people leave off. It's like, oh, here I made a batch of sprouts. No, you want ongoing sprouts. So as soon as you harvest one, start another. And if you do that, before you know it, you're going to have every day you got plenty of sprouts to eat. I'm glad you mentioned your book because it said that you wrote that basically for your family. They thought it was so fabulous. They thought you should publish it. So I do have a link to your book in the notes. So if people are interested in learning more about what you're sharing today then that's an option for them as well. Okay, so we kind of did the beginner thing. Now that we feel like, okay, we did the beans and they, they taste okay and and I think I got this. And now you want to go to maybe the next level, what would you recommend? Okay, um, well, it's really by choice. I mean, I, I, uh, want, I want to talk about uh, sunflower seeds at some point but today, but we can go ahead and go with broccoli. Um, and with cruciferous, I use a cruciferous blend that I bought for um, specifically to be grown for microgreens. And I'll still sprout them; they sprout and they eat them, and, and I grow them with microgreens too. But let's so let's say you want to do the broccoli. I'm gonna. There's two things you can do. There's there's a number of things you can do to help keep them from going bad. But first, let me tell you about the ones that aren't bad. A lot of sprouts they have these very micro fine cilia on their roots, and 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 Every day, somebody comes in and goes, oh, my gosh, I think these are moldy. Look at them. And then they smell a little funky. And uh, I said, well, and we always, and our, our, we, our group has been so patient. Everybody was, was brought up the same way. And we go, well, is this smell kind of broccoli-like? And they go, yeah. Is it slimy? No. Okay. Spray some water on that. Does, does that white stuff go away? Yes. And then that's just normal cilia. Then that's just fine. Say, really? Yeah, it is. Eat a couple of them. Oh, hey, they taste like broccoli. Okay, good. So differentiating, you have to learn what's what's really bad or what you think is bad. We have people who've thrown out lots of batches and they come frustrated. <laughs> you got to eat those. And next time you throw them out, throw them in your garden anyway, because a bunch will still grow. Um, but that's the big thing. There's two other things. There are some things you can do to your rinse water once a day to help keep them from going off. Um, I use uh, food grade. I knew I was going to forget what it is. Anyway, okay, we can use vinegar. We use uh, apple cider vinegar or I've lost the word. It will come. So let's yeah. just say you would use vinegar and apple cider vinegar. What do you mean by that? I put like a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar in a, quart, in a quart jar and mix that up real good. And then just pour, you know, maybe a quarter of that in and do a rinse once a day with that. Okay, and and let it sit for about a minute and then go ahead and pour it out. And you can leave it or you can rinse it with fresh water afterwards. But that helps to get rid of a lot of the kind of stuff that might want to bloom up in, in a seed like that. So, so if you do that, and, and, uh, the, and also the food grade uh, hydrogen peroxide, there's a food grade, and you can do the same sort of mix with that. We'll do the same thing. The other thing is, is I'm a real generalist about, you know, I got my sprouts. They're growing. Now these are, this is day two on these on these uh, lentils, show them off a little bit. 
I'll probably drip water in my computer. It'll blow up and then we'll be. See those? Those are pretty good. Yeah. And I'm eating like it's a like pig. You could, you could like sit and watch a movie and just kind of. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, I, I pour a jar of these out. Yeah, it beats popcorn any day. But, um, <laughs> but with broccoli, especially, and, and the other cruciferous vegetables, chickpeas and black eyed peas, um, I think it really helps to make sure they're really well drained. You know, I do the. I do that. I turn it over and I, I, I gently go down with it. I don't move any sharp moves. I don't want to break the sprouts, but and, and nothing else is dripping. And what a lot of people in our group, they have little stands that they buy, which you can make. You can use a, a dish strainer and just let it sit there for a half an hour or so. The other thing is if you're growing broccoli, I mean, half a dozen times a day, what, how hard is it to just walk by and just go like that and set it back down? Just keep doing that. And that doesn't, that way the water isn't standing anywhere. Make sure there's good ventilation, and that should get you good. That should that should make them work fine. Um, that's all I can think of right now. I'm sure that half the people in my group are going, "No, Jim, you didn't tell them this." But I think that we're gonna. I normally wait to the end for questions, but we're getting a lot of questions, so I think we're gonna or comments, and maybe they wanted, like you said, "No, Jim, tell them this." So we're gonna let them <laughs> let them out so they can kind of participate. So let's see what we have. Jacqueline. Hi, Jacqueline. What is better, growing in jars or on flats with dirt? I need to rinse off microgreens if I grow them myself. Well, the answer is yes. <laughs> it's all good. I will tell you this. Do not set your microgreens outside to, to sun and grow because squirrels and birds like them also, and they'll come and finish them off for you. Um, I, 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 I don't usually use dirt inside because it can get messy. Uh, and I, I use them, for example, I'll use the the one that I've lost now. This is this is a. I should be organic. doing a drum roll right now, guys, yeah. because this is an awesome. You got to pay attention to this awesome invention that Jim is going to share with us. And, and you know the little. The, I mean, any takeaway food thing container that. See, you can see there's a there's a, a, a dip in the lid. A lot of them, the lid comes up and goes over. In that case, turn it over. But but um, I took the lid. And I, I right before this show, and I, and I just made a slice with my razor knife. Do not do this without adult supervision, or or use children's scissors or whatever we got to say, because I don't want to get sued, and I'm sure they don't either. But then I put two paper towels in there, one, and so they they go across the top. That's it. All right. So now then I, then I got this, and and I'll, I'll put in. I'll probably fill it two thirds of the way with water, and I'll set this in. And they'll see those two towels hanging down there in, in the bottom over here and over here. They will act as a wick, and the water will come up here really slowly. Now I can grow any microgreen I want. Very simply, no dirt, no. They sell core, core mats and plastic mats and different things. But this is, and you can get unbleached paper towels for those that are really chemically sensitive. So I, I this is a really easy way to grow um, chia seeds. I'll just, I just, and I don't, I don't pre-soak them. I just lay them. Once this is wet, I spread them out on this spread them out on the surface here. And then in, in like, it takes about five or six days because I want them to get nice and tall. I have this little forest of chia. Um, and you can, you can, once it's wet, you can actually spread them out. You can spread them out in a heart shape, like you mentioned earlier, and and um, any kind of shape you want. And they're, they're just going to grow up. Um, and that's that's the best best medium I have for really small seeds. And I'll even, I'll do um, uh, sunflower seeds that way, 
but what happens is, is sometimes is they don't have a lot of grip so i put them real thick and then they stand up together when you get done you take this off you turn it sideways and take scissors and just go along and cut them off and let them fall into a plate and you harvest them and they're in a jar and um, so you can do it with just about anything uh, any takeaway dish by and large if it's if it's food grade and, and you can stand it some people don't want any plastic these they used to sell for a dollar a piece that was with shipping from Ch china now they're like ten dollars each or something but it's it's simply a a, a grate with a pan these look like old school lunch trays if you got those just put some paper towels in there but if you got this you can put your bigger beans on here and just put some water down there and and, and where it's touching that and they'll grow there and the roots have something to hold on to and that's the medium I would use. Um, if it's smaller seeds, see these holes are kind of big. So I'll lay a paper towel on here. I learned this from my group. It's a great lay a paper towel on there and put the smaller seeds on. They, those, the roots will take hold. They got plenty of water coming up and they'll get, you know, however high you want them to get before you harvest them. So, so medium is not that important. I, I, I'll tell you, I don't use these much anymore. And I end up giving them, I take them as party favors when I, I go to, I used to go to, um, a monthly uh, whole food plant-based group potluck and i would always take a bunch of them all set up and and so forth so um but now now by and large i just use the jars um because it's glass and and it's a lot better for me i think but but i still i i, I do have what are called 10 20 trays in the in the gardening world that's those long black trays they're about 10 inches by 20 inches or i'm not sure why they're called that those are the trays that in, when you buy a small plant it's like a flat. Is that what that? Yes, like exactly. Buy? It's all the flat. Mm -hmm. And I have I have different size inserts, but I'll also use them to, and just put maybe put an inch of dirt in there sometimes to grow uh, to grow the sunflowers because I just I like them better that way. But but like I said, it it does make a bit of a mess. And and then if you grow that many, you got to eat them. And 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 uh, so it's like, well, I like them. I love them, but I'm I'm not going to eat that whole flat. So I do I, I do use these a lot though now since it is food grade. And, and like I said, I, I have four large bags of these out in the garage that I haven't even made into it, but I just saved it. I don't want to throw it away, you know. And if somebody's new and in the area, I give them one. But but this will grow a lot of food and with no work. I hope that answered your question. That's great. We, if, if anybody has uh, children or grandchildren, this would be a fun project to do to introduce gardening to them and for them to be successful and also be resourceful. So that's a really great suggestion. Let's see what our next Jacqueline, do I need to rinse off my greens before I eat them? Well, as a matter of practice, when I harvest them, I give them a rinse and I shake them really well and, and I refrigerate them um, unless I'm eating them right then. So I would just, just as a matter of practice, cause I'm using scissors to cut them and um, you know, I'm usually doing it over the sink. So yeah, you know, and if you don't have the rinse water, I wouldn't worry about it because when, when I went to Whole Food Plant Based or started to before I could find information on it, but I, I was doing sprouts and, and uh, somebody said, oh, those will kill you. They're dangerous. You can get whatever. And I looked it up on morbidity and mortality at the CDC 15 or 20 years ago. And, and uh, I mean, I've been doing this for over 40 years, but but I looked it up and, and it was in the 90s and I said, how many people have died from eating sprouts? And there were none. There were a couple of bad cases of whatever you get if you don't get them right. And those were probably from commercial. But in the same 20 years, 65 million Americans have died from the American industrial food plant. So, so it's like, you know, you're probably pretty safe either way. It depends on your cleanliness level. Very good point. 
Okay, let's see our next question. Debbie Larda Weston, thank you for sharing your sprouting knowledge. How many days do you do the process, please? Oh, what a great dog in that picture. That's beautiful. Um, okay, I, I do it till I can't stand it anymore. I, with, with microgreens, uh, these will these will grow and then they'll just kind of stop because it's just water. And I, I do I do have a sort of an organic um, nutrient base that I use. I got from uh, Mike Van Doozy on uh, Keep On Growing. That I use for for uh, hydroponic kind of stuff. But you can add that and and they'll grow some more. But generally speaking, with with uh, seeds, you're looking at maybe five or sometimes six days, depending on how long it takes for them to sprout. Uh, if you're buying seeds made for sprouting, then then they generally do come out quicker and grow up. But but the the bean the beans like mung beans and lentils, oh, um, once you once you put them on here, if you're going to grow them as microgreens, and it's a whole different plant by the way than, than when, when I grow when I I'm growing these lentils here, these will be grown as a microgreen. They haven't been growing. They'll all be growing up like little trees all side by side. And I'll wait till they have like three sets of leaves on them. They're about six inches long and I cut them off. And then I'll dice them up. And, and you see lots of pictures on our site about that. And they're really, it's a whole different food than just the sprout. And the sprout, you get the roots too. And you get it a little bit smaller. So a little bit longer this way, a couple, three days. But it's again, a whole different food from the same thing. You get two great foods from one seed. Hope that helps. And, but again, also taste them every day after the second day. And so you get an idea. Well, I like that. Well, I like that. Well, and sometimes I've had it where it was almost empty come day. It was time to harvest because, you know, like when you run out of them, you have to get in a hurry. Well, that's the great thing about this lifestyle is you can do tasting and not worry about cross-contamination. And I suppose just like when we buy our leafy greens and we have like baby spinach versus a more mature spinach, you're going to have a different flavor profile. So that's a really good suggestion so that we can know at what stage we prefer, depending on our individual tastes. Mm -hmm. Let's see if we have another question. Trish, what is the best, easiest way to grow sunflower seed microgreens? I bet you hear that question a lot. Oh, it's the holy grail. I, it took me forever. I, I, I fed a lot of birds, a lot of microgreens over the years trying to get this right. But um, I, I, okay, some people in, in our group, there are people who will tell you growing them in a jar is great. And some of them will sprout. You, you can buy the seeds hulled in bulk, organic, raw at large grocery stores. So you don't have to order online for $12 a pound. You can get them for, you know, like $2.50 a pound or so organic. Um, and when I do that, though, I, I'll lay them out in a tray and I'll separate the broken ones. Although half the broken ones have, have the germ and they will sprout, I just want to only put the whole ones in there. That's labor intensive. It might take me 20 minutes to get enough to make a decent batch. So if, I, if I'm doing that and I do it in here, but I don't care for this. This is my personal thing. Other people love this, so you got to try both. But if you sprout them this way in here, then when they sprouted, they're all intertangled with one another and the root is included. And I don't care for the root. To, to me, the root has a bitter flavor and I just prefer the shoot and the leaves. Um, so... But some people, like I said, swear by it. So then, so then I grow them on, I grow them on on our very expensive sprouter here, self-tending microgreen sprouter, and and I wait late, I wait till they get really long because I like lots of stuff. But, but um, and then then I, I'll just I can cut them off and leave it out, or I can cut them all off and put them in a jar. So, so, well, I don't remember the question now. <laughs> oh, best way to grow. But uh, what? So I'll soak the seeds. 
And um, it's funny, we have a guy who's been sprouting like five or 10 years longer than me, and, and he's really got some great stuff. He did a whole hour last week in our group. And he's, he's saying just to soak them for the six hours or eight hours, I still say I soak them overnight because I, I want, I want when they have the hull, I want the water to get in there. And guess what? Both ways work. But um, if you, pre, you want to pre-soak them if you're doing uh, micro greens because otherwise it'll take a while for them to draw up the water and start to grow. So about how then, tall would they be, when, Jim? How tall would those sunflowers be when you're ready to cut them? Yeah. Well, if I had my when, – when they first come up, you get, they get these two little oval leaves, one on each side. And then when you see in the middle another leaf about to emerge out, more plant coming out, that's when they're ready to harvest by and large on the microgreens, okay? So now when when most people, when they're growing microgreens and, and, and sprouts, so I, I, I had this one myth I want to debunk. And, and um, when I first got into sprouting, they and we're talking in the, the mid eighties, uh, all the books and, and Janet, uh, Janet Wigmore or Ann Wigmore, I'm sorry, Ann Wigmore. Um, she would say, put them under the sink, you know, and I would open up the sink and I'm like, oh my God, this is nasty under here, you know, so I'd find another cabinet that wasn't quite so nasty. And lo and behold, six months later, I'd be looking for something and I'd open it up and there was this dried up tray of sprouts <laughs> that had gotten really nasty and then dried. Oh, no. And, and so I, every year I got about three or four batches grown and I lost a, three or four batches. So then I said, forget it. I'm going to just grow it out on the countertop. Boom. And guess what? They grew and I didn't forget them. So that's why I say leave them on the countertop. Now, if you're going to grow them as microgreens, and a lot of people say cover them for the first three days. And and I've tried this and it, it works. It, it also works both ways. But but if you cover it, to, but it's still on the counter so you, you don't lose track of it, um, then that supposedly helps it sprout better and be a stronger, bigger plant. And also people will, once the sprouts are in here and they're starting to grow, They'll set this on here when it's, and they'll put a weight on here like a brick and they'll let it sit covered for three days. And that helps to make the fatter sprouts, especially like with the mung beans and, and, and the sunflowers. But I, I don't, it's like, I don't want to bring a brick in the kitchen and, and I will cover them. I, I've done the weighting and, and it, it, I think it all works. So whatever you want to do, you get to do. Did that answer the question, do you think? I think so. Okay, Good. let's get to our next one. Robert Schein, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, is reverse osmosis a better source for water? I don't know. I, I use uh, uh, Berkey water just because it's very portable. I can take it on the boat in the motor home, traveling and so forth. But Can you but spell I, it, that? Berkey? Can, uh, yes. Is that a, a water filtration system that you have yeah, or something? B-E-R-K-E-Y. And uh, okay. they're out of England. And um, they're, they're, they're large stainless uh, nesting canisters and they have they have uh, uh, ceramic filters on top and then they have filters for all the other hydrocarbons and really nasty stuff that go underneath and so they really knock out a whole lot of water they started making these in the 1800s i think or early 1900s and they're pricey and i have a hint for that by the way but they're well worth it because it's it it's just works gravity feed and it's very simple to do so so my my hack for that is is, is get yourself a craigslist account and set up a, a, a notification search for b-e-r-k-e-y and so that means that when one somebody lists something called a berkey you'll get an email now they did there's a company called berkey that made antiques so you get some antique notices but you'll get a berkey notice and sometimes it's like 10 cents on the dollar 
And the one I have now, I bought three years ago for, I think $35 and it's a $300 one. So they last forever. The, the filters are good for, for me. And I think three years, I'm just coming to where I have to change them out. So, but RO water, fine. I mean, it's all good. As long as it's getting rid of the bad stuff, you know, I think. Here I mean, I mean wow. organic foods and good foods, but bad water. We could probably do another broadcast with you just about how to find things that are inexpensive or free and live your life. <laughs> Along the way, you've seemed to have found a lot of good tips for doing that. Yeah. And that's one of my other books is uh, Champagne Boating on a Beer Budget. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we have a thing, link. So. We have yeah. a link to that book in the notes too, because yeah. I thought that was such a cool title. Okay, what's our next? Stacy Billiard, what about the Victoria system of stacked trays for sprouting? Well, I don't know that particular one, but I'm assuming that they have stacked trays like these, that one sits on top of another, and I think those are great. I used them for a lot of smaller ones. I didn't use these, but I used smaller ones, cruise them even. I'd put them in a net bag and hang them in the cabin and run a, a, a bungee cord down and tie it down so it wouldn't flop around in the motorhome or in the boat. But but uh, what's nice about them is you can grow three or four kinds in a small area. Just pour a cup of water in a couple times a day. It, it slowly goes through the three different layers of seeds. So you have three different sprouts growing. And then take take the bottom tray, which doesn't have seeds, pour the water out, and you're done. Um, they're, they're, they, they come in plastic. They come in stainless steel. And they come in um, clay. Terracotta. You know, clay the, yeah. Terracotta, thank you. Mm -hmm. And if you're getting ter terracotta, of course, make sure it's food grade. It's a shame that we have to think about those things, but that we can't just assume that what we're getting is food grade, even though it's right. designed to grow food. Okay, our next question. Trish, is soil better for sunflower seed microgreen sprouting? I, I, I probably had 10 or 20 years. That's all I used and because I, I didn't have the, I didn't have these, I didn't have these kind of sprouters to work with. Um, but now I, I'd say... Six of one, half dozen of the other. Because now, if you're going to grow them as microgreens, you want it to hold on to something. So I would give it something like this, and that way you don't have to worry about getting a mess on the kitchen counter or the dog or cat jumping up on it and digging in it or, or anything like that. And when you go to harvest it, it's just not quite as messy. So, but but some people swear by, it and that's all they do. And and you can put a, a screen tent on a table out and put it outside if you want and when you have dirt and then, then nature will take its course with it too so so the answer right. is yeah either way it's fine i suppose you there you're limited as to how many times you can reuse the same soil if you're using the soil i don't know i mean i compost so i you know i i, I when i when i harvest that i'll take those mats and, and I, we had some of the best sunflowers in our yard and we just moved about six months ago so i don't have any growing yet but I would tear the mats into pieces like that and stick them out in the flower beds and then boom, all of a sudden you got all these big these big sunflowers, which then gives you more sunflowers to sprout and you know they're organic. That's I'm a good well, See, people that are going out and buying these little grow mats <laughs> and spending so much money on these grow mats that have pennies worth of seeds on them. You can make your own grow mat. Okay, that's our yes. next. Jen H, how do you know when to put the sprouts near the sunlight? Great question, Jen, and and I, and I can't say this enough. I, I I keep my sprouts in the darkest part of the kitchen, which is not real dark in terms of the counter. And actually, they sit behind my Berkey, which is tall and blocks light, and and uh, and they just lay back there. They're a they're out of the way, and b they don't have direct sunlight. Generally, I don't. I, I and they can be out in the regular room, 
but not in not in direct sunlight and not in really lot, a large amount of indirect sunlight just because you don't want to you don't want you want to get the sprouting process going and just save the greening up for what I call harvesting because when you get done and, and, and maybe this is the time to talk about harvesting because on the last day what I'll do is I get up in the morning I rinse it and turn it drain it and then I'll set it out on my on our dining room table which is by a big window with lots of indirect light I'll turn that a couple of times in the day and, and they just turn nice and green. Um, and that's that. So then you harvest. So we'll talk about that too in a little bit, maybe. Okay. I think we have time for one more question. We've had a lot of questions out there. Lisa R., I'm new to sprouting. I only sprout chickpeas, but recently my batches started to smell bad, kind of fermented and feels somehow sticky. Are they still good to use or shall I toss them? Okay. There's some people in our group would say rinse them off if they're not sticky, go ahead and eat them, but I won't. I, I, if you have chickens, give them to the chickens or go out and plant them in the garden because they, they can still give you viable plants. And, and even the, the chickpeas you buy in the store, they, they will give you more chickpeas when they grow. Um, but that's where, um, that's where rinsing them every day with, with um, some either food grade uh, peroxide or uh, apple cider vinegar all diluted down with water help keep that from happening. The other thing, and I, and I, I just, I had for 20 years, I didn't grow chickpeas and, and our group, everybody else is going, well, I got chickpeas. They're just fine. Jim, what's wrong with you? I said, well, tell me what you're doing. And that's when I found out they were adding these things to the water once a day. And the second was putting them in the fridge. And, and that did it for me. I think, I think they have such a big skin. If you ever, I, I make a lot of uh, uh, chickpeas up in whole food plant-based diet, of course. And hummus especially, I love hummus, but but they have a very large skin and those skins are on there while they're sprouting and, and the water is up inside there and that's where the mold will start to grow. So so getting something antibacterial that's still fairly healthy and um, I, that other one hadn't come back to me, it's the only, it's a whole food one, but but we'll get there eventually. That's what you need to do. Oh, There's and the don't, grow, don't, don't grow a whole lot of them in a bun. You want to be able to spread them out really well so they have plenty of air circulating around them. I forgot to tell you that. The chickpeas would be better not to do in a jar, maybe better to do in one of the things that you showed us where you could lay it out flat, at least in the beginning until you figured it out. But that's such a great tip. And I've not heard anybody talk about the food grade peroxide or the vinegar to keep it rinsed because you may have just saved so many people who thought that they, they couldn't grow these things. So that's a really great tip. We had so many questions and I encourage you guys to visit Jim's Facebook group because they answer a lot of questions there. And that's the Beginner's Guide to Growing Sprouts. And I'm so glad that everybody was participating today. I learned a lot and I've been trying to learn. So I've even learned more today and that's really great. So is there something that you would like to tell our audience before we sign off? Well, just hang in there. Like I said, I really believe in starting simple and keeping it simple. Uh, and you're more likely to be successful. And the other is when you finish a batch, start a batch. I, I think that that made, I would start a batch, I would harvest them. And then a month later, I think oh, I ought to grow some more. But if, if you start that rotation going, then you have it as a constant supply. And, and I mean, this is a, a money-making operation because you can eat 50 bucks worth of sprouts in a week easily, but it only costs you about maybe 45 cents to grow them in about 20 minutes of work. So, so I, I really believe that the effort's worth it. The second is, is our group. Um, we start, I started like five years ago and, and very few people got into this, but with the pandemic and, and food supply 
getting difficult uh, for people, especially whole food plant-based, because we've seen this deluge of people from literally all around the planet. And the whole idea is to help everybody get some food security. And and if, if, if I got a tray or two of microgreens growing and a couple of jars of sprouts growing, and I continue to rotate that, I've got fresh whole food. And these plants, when they're just sprouting out and when they're just microgreens, they have everything that a plant needs to live. And we're getting all that nutrition right into us. And there's so many ways to eat them too, by the way. We didn't even get into that, but but um, I, I'll put them on pizza. Once I harvest, harvest a pizza, when I have a pizza, which is like three times in the last year and a half, but I'll cover the top of it with, with lots of different sprouts. It'll, it'll have like this much sprouts on top. And uh, you can cook them, you can grind them up and make veggie burgers out of them. I can eat them as a, as a side dish. Um, any any way you would eat beans or any other kind of seeds, I recommend them. Um, so that's what I got. Have the broccoli sprouts in my green smoothie each morning because I'm not a real fan about how they taste. So I just, they get blended up in the blender and I just have them that way. But that's really a lot of good advice. And again, in the note below, you can see the links to all of Jim's books, including his book about learning how to sprout. There's a link there. So if you wanted to get more detailed information, that's another resource for you. I also wanted to let you guys know, coming up soon kind of thing, I'm going to ask Jim to come back because as much knowledge as he shared with us just about microgreens and sprouting, he has a really great story to tell about his journey in becoming plant-based. And I think that it's something that you guys are going to want to hear because it's give you a lot of good tips because he gives, oh, Charles Deschler says, I know Jim from the boat world. I didn't know he was WFPB, which means that Charles knows what WFPB means. So now you guys are going to have to talk about that. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> Okay. Well, thank you. Oh, Trish says, thank you, Amy and Jim. This was fabulous. And yes, it was. I love getting wisdom from people that know what to do. And especially when they have great tips like Jim shared with us. So thank you, Jim, for sharing. I'm looking forward to having you back on our show so that you can tell us about your plant-based journey of healing. I want you guys to stay tuned for a special announcement, but I also wanted to thank Rebecca from PKA Solves. She has been in the background engineering our, hi Rebecca, she's been engineering everything, clicking on it all the questions and the camera angles so that I was able to just enjoy my time with you, Jim, and with you guys in the audience. And I also wanted to thank Jess from JustHossVoice.com. She did the countdown and, and all the intros and the coming up soons and so forth. But most of all, I want to thank you guys in the audience. The best part was Jim talking about food security. You're getting all these, I just read a comment, great comments. You're participating. This is what we need, guys, because... Whether you're whole food plant-based or you're just about sprouting and gardening, we need to tell the world about this way of eating because it's important for our health, it's important for our earth, and it's important to me to get this information out to you. And until I see you guys next time, please type in the comments below along with me and Jim as we sign off and say, be strong, be well, and be green. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jim. Coming up next, Be Green with Amy welcomes back 
Thomas Allen from California Balsamic. Please join us for a recipe demo and Q&A on Wednesday, May 12th, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Be Green with Amy Live.